Thank you for having me in your gorgeous home. It's stunning. <laughs> how we just shut our eyes then for a moment and how that that rain cloud that passed that was quite magic, wasn't it? Wash over us. Yeah, and it felt like it wrapped yeah. around us and then went like mm-hmm. it's like a 3D experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite quite something. Mm. You just did this wonderful tea ceremony that um uh, just for people listening, I've never drank tea so beautifully before. It was this delicate, eloquent, elegant um, process of pouring tea and it was just divine. The way it tasted when it first hit my lips, I was saying before, it just gave me goosebumps and it was just a really precious, beautiful, sacred moment that was deepening and enriching and um yeah, so thank you for that. And I just mm. wanted to share that with people so they understood. <laughs> um, Bringing us to presence together. Yeah. Mm. And it really did that. And it, it just it made, it made me hungry for more type of direct community, communion, shared experiences with other people. Like the way you held space and did that was just really, just, just yeah, it felt sacred. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so what... what what got you into healing originally? Like, what, why did you feel called to that? Um, I think that has to come from my upbringing. Mm. Um, so I grew up in France mm. on a spiritual retreat. Um, and, um, and my parents are deeply immersed into healing arts in many different ways, through yoga, through meditation, through art, through singing, uh, devotion. Mm. Um, my mom is a healer. Mm. So <clears throat> I, yeah, it just naturally came into my life, really, you know, working, working with healers from a very young age. And yeah, mm-hmm. so it's not like I... I mean, you know, I think I'm still searching myself, you know, it's, I never have the final way of what it's going to look like or anything, but yeah, it was a given, a given thing Mm. for me in my life, Mm. yet I'm still exploring it Mm -hmm. and seeing what it's about Mm. and, you know, and deepening in my medicine. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, So I experienced, my girlfriend and I experienced the Lomi Lomi massage that you did. And I found it very um, complete and like it, it felt like it like kind of opens up all your chakras and, and just like really softens your whole anatomy to feel held. And it's, yeah, we could tell how much, how present you were in it, how, how, how your energy, like, you know, there's a whole spectrum, let's say, of um, people that are healing and on the, I suppose low end of the spectrum, there's some pretty shoddy um, stuff going on, but yours felt like a real premium, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it felt like a, um, it was a, you know, yeah, it just felt like a premium offering, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess, to put it in a marketing terms. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it just it was just how long has that taken you to cultivate that kind of um, level of awareness? Um well, I think that's a life, mm. you know, that's, that's a life thing. It's not like I've cultivated two or three or four years. I think, yeah, it's, it's just, um, what I offer through the body work that I do, 
Um, it's really bringing together a lot of different traditions and experiences of, of my own that I just then create, you know, that sacred space, you know, it is a ritual body work, really. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> um, and, you know, it's, it's something that I, that it seemed that I, I rotate with very special people that yeah. come my way that are really ready to go deep. Mm. And, um, you know, the, the truth is, is if you're willing to go deep, then I can go deep. You know, I cannot force anything upon you unless you're ready to go there yourself. Mm. Mm. So, you know, that's, you know, I think that's why Michelle and you experienced such a, you know, it was very deep because mm. you're willing to go deep. Mm. Mm. And can you tell us about that? I know some of it's personal, your, your intimate relationship with the divine or how would you, um, could you, could you, I suppose, share some of your regular practices where you cultivate that or commune with that um, energy and, and what that looks like to you? You know, if, if it's from a lineage of teachings or if it's from some, some you've made up your own or is it a collection of different teachings? Um, as in my daily, yeah, your daily know, my practice. daily practice. Yeah, um, yeah it's again, it's um, it's been it's been a journey, and I I was very blessed to to have um, very special teachers on my path, very yeah, enlightened teachers, and um, it's definitely lineages, mm. you know, and I will not pretend to make up anything myself. I have deep reverence for the teachings that have been given to me. Um, and, um, yeah, and that's taken me into different traditions over the years. And um, and my parents were very open to different traditions, you know. Mm. Um, we, have, we had altars in our homes and there was figures from all traditions, you mm. know, from mm. the Buddhist to Jesus to, mm. um, to Allah to, like, like literally so many different lineages. Mm. Um, so for mm. me, it's it's been really um, following that, you know, and, and somehow it's not like I've been, I've never had to really search so much in my life. I think mm. I was so open to it that the, it seems like the teachers have gravitated my mm. way. So it's been such a blessing. Mm. And... Um, you know, my, my daily practice, it's, um, it has moved, it has changed and it's something that's all, you know, that's evolving, you know, and I think, uh, practice should evolve, you know, because we change and we grow mm-hmm. and, um, we purify ourselves and then we're ready to, to, to you know, to go to a different state and, and experience something new and, um, so, uh, yeah, I've gravitated through different, different things throughout my life, but, um, I would say that, um, uh, in my life at the moment, there is practices, uh, Vedic practices and there is Buddhist practices that are really, I feel they work in a very different way, mm. um, but also shamanic practices mm. and it really feels that they really complement each other and work a very different way with the mind, with uh, the deeper experience of the medicine of the earth, with um, 
connecting to certain masters and um so mm, yeah mm, that's mm. a bit in a nutshell mm, you mm. know i i think um our practice is something that's also very personal that we develop you know we have our own karmic journey and something that will be really open to me might not be for someone else so it's 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 not to me to tell you you should practice this because you know i can tell you from my own experience that this has really changed me you know in a certain way but I think that's also a very personal journey. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. And w when it comes to like specific examples of something like a trauma comes up or you get triggered or you feel yeah. you go out into the world and everyone's looking at themselves and feeling hyper ego orientated and it, and it might rub off on you or like you yeah. make sure. I'm, I'm sure there's specific examples you might give, but what do you do when, like what's your process once you become aware that you're, feeling some irritation or dis yeah. dysfunction bubble up okay if, if it's even the case anymore yeah, yeah um, of course I'm <laughs> completely unenlightened <laughs> and um and then what, what, what's your process of letting go of it or moving through it or allowing it to bubble up or you know um as in on the moment yes yeah, yeah on the moment um that's a practice mm, mm. <laughs> and I'm not yet a master of it, mm. but I'm learning to mastering myself and bring more and more awareness to these moments. Mm. Um, I think there is something about taking distance with what, what I'm feeling and bringing that awareness of, wow, watching this emotion arise and just being like, whoa, you know, what's, what's that about? What's that, that trigger? You know, the, what's the little girl there that, that's being triggered? What's the, what's the wound? And, mm -hmm. and, and I think, you know, we all have moments where we, we react and it's not very wise, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, the most important is to be able to reflect back onto yourself. Mm. And that's, I think that's the way, I think the more you practice, uh, you know, you do practices of mindfulness, the faster that, that reflection will mm. come. Mm. And, and then, then acting in a way that, whoa, coming to, you know, anyone that you may have hurt and saying, you know, the process of, of, um, apologizing is so important, mm. you know. Mm. So I think, yeah, I think, you know, if, if anything has been done that way is to come back and say, wow, I'm truly sorry. And this was my, you know, this was my, an enlightened self there. I'm, wow, I'm, I'm sorry. And, you mm. know, mm. In, in that, does that answer a bit of your, yeah, your question? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I think for me in this, this life for me, um, you know, it has definitely had um, a lot of uh, inner turbulence. <laughs> and um, I think I've been very, very blessed in my art life. You know, I think I've, from my childhood, you know, of course, there's, there's these moments where they're difficult. But 
Uh, yeah, the inner turmoil. And without my practice, I, you know, I don't know how I would have done, you know, that's mm. just my, my daily anchor. And I think the more you anchor daily into it, the more it becomes impossible not to create those sacred spaces for yourself, you know, mm. and especially the, the world is going so fast. There's so much happening. Our mind is being constantly taken in different directions. Mm. And, and, you know, it's like we dive every day, you know, we, we expose the fabric of our soul to that world and it, you know, it fades away, you know, that sacredness fades away. And so we come back and we deep the fabric of our soul deeper into sacredness and mm. we expose and the more we go the more the more we you know it's like a dying a dying process you know when you're mm. dying fabric mm. and then the more it becomes saturated yeah. in it but it's just that that process and and yeah we need to we need to cultivate ourselves like you know we have to yeah and there's a, there's a definite wave of that, like in Byron Bay, like a, a genuine somewhat of a culture, I would even call it. Like I feel like a lot of parts of Australia bereft of culture, but, but this spiritual culture in Byron Bay is a bit, obviously, like anything, somewhat um, got all facets of it. I won't say flawed. I mean, there's just all different aspects of the journey, isn't there? Um, I only say flawed because it's like, you know, I, I mean, I've in the ego can get entangled in their process of awakening and it becomes a bit yeah. unfortunate looking pity. <laughs> but um but there's but there's definitely um a, a, at least at least momentum and a um a feeling about people having purpose up here or we've we've connecting to self, we've connecting to earth, we've connecting to something higher. And that's a it's a it's a beautiful place for that, isn't it, Byron Bay? So it feels feels very special and it's getting it's a place for healing you yeah, know it's yeah. it's like um they say it's kind of the whole valley is on black oxygen mm. and there is something there's just something that really takes you very deep and but you know I, I don't know if you know but the indigenous used to come here for healing but they used to, it was not a place to stay mm. so you have to also so that's the uh, sometimes you know when you when you're in this area like it really brings up your shit it's like it's mm. a place that sorry mm. for the word but, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it it really it's like it speeds up a bit it's it a bit does. of a vortex well, you know there's there's, there, there's places in the world that have, are like that you know that yeah. are vortexes of energy and i really believe byron is one of them so we see a lot of couples coming and splitting up. It's yeah, very, right. very common. <laughs> and it's not an easy place, you know, yeah. for couples, I find. Um, but why is that, do you think? Um, I think it, it just, it just really shows you everything. So I'm not saying it's impossible though, you yeah, know, but yeah. I'm saying, yeah, we've witnessed a lot of that, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's a place you know where there's a lot a lot of incredible artists a lot of incredible healers but there's a lot of people looking for themselves and like everybody everywhere else but i think there is quite a concentration massive different concentration. and you yeah, yeah there's different different uh types of people here yeah yeah so. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> healing's a good way to put it and bringing it up is definitely what i've felt since yeah. being here the last week and a half like yeah. only because like you feel this um like agitation and then you uh, sit with it and then you cry a lot or you you sit with it and feel cross or you know like it basically let stop to allow it to bubble out of you mm. um and then it 
it's required me to have more more longer communion with silence to um, to witness it and um, to ask for clarity around it and stuff. So I feel like, yeah, it's definitely done. It's funny you described it like that because it's exactly how I feel like mm-hmm. it's affected me. And I've been here a lot of times, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's something quite special about the place, isn't it? Yeah, but it's also, you know, another part is that us living here constantly, it's really important to also go out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It is a place, as I say, of transiency, so yeah. it's 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 important to, you know, take a bit of fresh air and, and then come back. Yeah. Is that why, but you, when you say fresh air, is that like away from Byron Bay itself, the township? Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, away from the area, the you area. know, yeah. the wider range of... yeah. Of Byron Shire. Yeah. 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 It's an yeah. energy center for the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very dense, the yeah. energy here. It's like, yeah. How do you live here then, survive? <laughs> we hardly do. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> No, it's but actually every time we go away out of the area, we're like we need to do that more. You know, it's mm. it's yeah, it's a powerful place. You're right. Mm. Yeah, but very fortunate to be here. You know, it's very special. Yeah, surrounded by an incredible community, mm. And mm. very eclectic, yeah. And yeah, from many different countries, and very rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the area of your um, self-exploration that you're most enthused by at the moment or that you're passionate about? What, what's the, you know, the, the area where you feel like you're pushing into the unknown? Um, so I would say that's definitely uh, my music. Mm. And, Which is uh, amazing, by the way, when, you, when you're singing for the, um, pra- for the healing practice. The bodywork stuff, it was just divine. <laughs> so I can't wait for uh-huh. people to listen to that when you release yeah, it. Yeah, so that's, um, you know, I grew up with a lot of music um, from my grandparents, you know, opera singers and and musicians and, and we grew up um, singing, weekly singing in our home for the last 35 years. Mm. Um, where people are invited to join and so these cool. gatherings um, are with songs from all different traditions and people bring food and we share the food at the end. Mm. So I grew up with that and um, and singing a lot and uh, classical music and, and all that and it's taken me a big journey and I would say definitely the... Um, the shamanic world is something that has opened my voice to to a different level and understanding of what my voice is about mm. and the healing properties of mm. my voice. And I would say that um, it's my um, greatest vulnerability and it holds my greatest fears mm. and my greatest joys and my greatest joy <laughs> and my greatest well, awakening really, and it's it's been um, um, you know over the years people have asked me to do something about it. I've sung a lot during retreats and ceremonial ceremonial settings, and um, and now I'm I've officially really embraced it since the beginning. Actually, it really I really embraced it at the beginning of COVID. You know, mm. when everything shut down, it was just like that. It had already started recording recording so i'm recording my first album oh, cool. and um and 
yeah, preparing a lot of beauty and it's supported by a lot of incredible musicians and, you know, there's about 20 musicians on it at the moment. Wow. So it's quite a big production. It's, yeah, just really it's been a journey of a lot of expansion and a lot of empowerment for mm. me. Mm. Um, and also, yeah, we're preparing uh, at the moment, which will come probably in about two and a half months, like a crowdfunding campaign to... Awesome to support this uh, this birthing into the world. And uh, so, yeah, it's yeah. slowly, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, stretching myself a bit further. Mm -hmm. That's, mm -hmm. that's yeah, I'm, I'm really very, very excited. And that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I would say that's... That's it. Yeah. Something about frequency, isn't there? Like with singing bowls or sound healing, and like the way it washes through your body and it's like a, an invisible field that that um mm. i mean like everything resonates like the earth resonates there's, yes. like there's noise in outer space that's resonance and and yes. it's and we're vibrating constantly as well because yeah. all our particles on an atomic level are vibrating so they're creating a, a, a pushing air so therefore some sort of a sound here and then and it's also fascinating because like our ears can only detect like such a narrow spectrum of what the spectrum of sound is it's the same as the eyes and that's why exploring more I suppose as you expand your state of consciousness or expand your awareness, like even with when you're on plant medicine or psychedelics, you under like, you know, guided settings, you start to unlock more or experience more. Like I think it's, it's doctor said, um, dimethyltryptamine when it's released in your brain or when you smoke DMT or ayahuasca, it, it, um, unlocks more brain capabilities so you get some a computer upgrade kind of thing on so mm. therefore you're able to perceive more of what reality perceive more realities on the spectrum of mm. of that same thing of sound mm. and light and i find that a very fascinating thing so it's like it if you can what you clearly do is tune into those spectrums frequently or like immerse yeah. yourself in them like let your body get dyed by those states of consciousness when you or died by those experiences, I suppose is a better way to put it. You, um, you're more, you're more, more artful, I guess, in in understanding what frequencies and what sounds and what, or is it mostly just completely intuitive? Sorry, that was a very long rant. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's okay. Um, I think um, for me, it's a lot of intuition. It's something that's. Um, very much here but it's also something that i've experienced with certain sound healers mm. that i really experienced very altered state of consciousness just with sound mm. um and that's something that i'm extre i've been extremely sensitive to all my life mm. sound really takes me to another dimension and that's that's the way i connect with sound and that's also through the drum making that mm. i do oh, so cool. yeah um so i um i facilitate drum making um shamanic drum making um and um and that's that's it you know it's 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 the frequency of sound that just induces that theta state in your brain and just creates like a real cohesion in the hemispheres of your brain mm. and through that cohesion you cognize you know you understand you um, you know where to go you you know how to hear better 
And um, that's also the beauty of the drum. So that's, that's why it's something that I, I love bringing, not only because the process of making it is very deep, but also because then it becomes your own medicine. And then I, from there, teach, I'm especially working with women through it, teach women how to sing, you know, sacred songs. And they use it in their own practice. They make it their own practice. And um, so I want to bring this medicine in your life, you know? It's like, I think... I think this is the, the medicine that's just here for all of us is our voice. You know, oh. it, it's our voice. And that's just, I mean, the drum in itself is the oldest instrument on earth. You know, the first, the first one, you know, I mean, a bit of skin stretched on a, on a piece of, you know, a, a, a carved piece of wood, you know, and you, you, you beat. Yeah. Um, in, in Australia, for example, um, they didn't have a frame drum as, as such, but they used to take um, the skin of possums and stretch it over their legs and kind of, oh. yeah, use it this way. Yeah. So there's like, there's, you know, in all, in all countries we find, um, where to bang up, yeah, <laughs> and how, how it takes you, you know, they say it's the, they say it's the, the horse of the shaman, you know, it, 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 it helps the shaman travel in different direct dimensions. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. So it's just, yeah, the, the power of sound, I think is something that we're coming more and more, you know, in our society now, I think we've tried so much and I think sound is, is, is probably the most pure, mm. you know, I mean, creation was mm. made out of sound, out of vibration. So when we come back to pure vibration, all our cells just respond mm. and we become that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. So true, isn't it? And it, you, you know it when you do it, like it just even just like chanting or mm. chanting Sanskrit um, mantras, um, you, you feel the resonance when you like really do it from your gut, <laughs> you know, from your stomach. And it feels it, it feels transformative. Like yeah. it, it just feels great. And so. it's something also that that crosses any boundaries, you mm. know, any ba- boundaries of language, any mm. like sound and and songs and everything. Like we all feel it within, you know, mm. wherever we're from. And mm. that's yeah, the beauty of it. And mm. that's what I want to bring through my through my songs, through this album that I'm creating. I want to reach as much people as I can with this song that are prayers, mm. you know, to bring them into, into your lives. And, yeah, share from that, from my heart, from my, you know, the, my deepest intimate place. <laughs> <laughs> That's so incredibly powerful. Yeah. <laughs> and brave as well because it's vulnerable, right? Mm. It is, yeah. Yeah. It is. Are the songs, how what, they vary in what they they can do to transform you. Like the songs, like other songs in pop music and stuff. Like some songs make you feel a particular way. Is that the same thing with your album? Are you, or are they all from a similar place? Or how would you describe the difference in the songs? Um, they were all all the songs that I sing were written in a place of deep awareness. Mm. Uh, normally, like all of them sitting in front of my altar. Mm. So they come from that place. Mm. Um, and 
they're not pop. That's the beneficial <laughs> for sure. But you know, it's a, it's very eclectic actually, and um, it should be the byline for the album. <laughs> it's not pop. Yeah, or in deep awareness in front of my altar, and they're not pop. <laughs> yeah. So they're uh, they really bridge different traditions. They really bridge uh, languages, and um, you know, you can feel some classical my French upbringing, but you can feel some of the medicine music from you know South America. You can feel uh, the Buddhist. Uh, influence and the Vedic influence and wow. so yeah all different languages and it's very evocative it's very there's my songs with my drum as well mm-hmm. um yeah so awesome. yeah wow can't wait to hear it yeah and, and it's yeah it's been just so incredible really such a journey it still is it's not is. finished yeah yeah <laughs> what, what are some of the challenges like as we step into the unknown of these things um what what are some of the challenges that have arisen for you, or hurdles, or blockages, or you know those kind of things? And how have you overcome them? You know. Yeah, I think you know. Um, for a long time, I really searched what was me. I th- I became a mother very young, so mm. I was pregnant with my first child at twenty one. I had mm. just moved to Australia, didn't know many people, mm. Mm. Um, so that was a really challenging part of my life. And then, you know, when I started to have a bit more time, it was like, wow, what is me? What is, you know, who am I? What mm. is my... And I really searched, and it's like I searched and searched, and then it was just really coming back to the essence. It's like, your medicine is here. Your medicine is who you are, mm. you know, and, and, and really it's been about peeling off the layers. Mm. Instead of searching on the outside, it's been about a journey of really coming back. And I, I, I think that's what I would like to be able to inspire people to do, mm. you know, mm. to come back to that seed that's within, that's mm. just there. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's been a, a challenge for me of really... How to communicate that? Or? Yeah, but also like stepping into the courage of of trusting this, you know, and because mm. I think a lot of us carry the, the the belief that we're not enough just as we are, you know, and so it's been that journey for me of mm. embracing who I am, and and it's been incredible, you know, because I stepped into this journey completely like not knowing anything about how it works yeah mm-hmm. and you know when when you're stepping into your your truth and your medicine the universe aligns everything mm. and it's been like such a beautiful journey mm. of watching that take place and all the perfect mm. little steps mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's just strange. you know wow I'm, I'm just so blessed with the quality of the musicians working on the album and I haven't mentioned but also like my producer has just been like an angel mm. he's been like everything you know without him it was it just pulled me you know whenever I would like disappear like ah too scared he would just like come uh-huh. and get me so uh-huh. it's just been that that, that journey of been supportive <sighs> but not just supported it's trusting and yeah. being courageous and then and and just watching yeah how wow when when I do that it's supported you know 
How did you come originally come to that place of being aware that this wanted you what you wanted to contribute or give the the music the album? Um, that's been a journey of a few years, mm. um, and you know it, it just it just became really obvious mm. that I was just the only one stepping in my way. You know what I mean? <laughs> like so, it was more about me just oh am I gonna go there am I gonna and actually um a few years ago uh three and a half years ago I almost four years I had a really beautiful gift that came into my life and when I received this gift it was just like wow that that prayer which was actually to to have this home Mm. um it was my my commitment, I made a gratitude prayer saying that I will record an album because I, because there is the studio in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so cool. Yeah. It's, that, that kind of ching did the, yeah. So, so the specifics of that process was like you, that you, you, your desire was to have a home like this or this home. And then, then you put that out there and felt grateful for it. And then, when you got it, it was it was kind of an affirmation of that you want to commit to the challenge of making the album because you received that. Is that how I read it? Um, yeah, I think I felt such blessing and such, yeah, such blessing from it. And it was just like my way of, <laughs> of giving gratitude because I feel that my... My music is not about me, you mm. know what I mean? Mm. And actually that's actually been... Um, a huge, a huge thing on this journey, it's been to put myself out of the way. The more it was about me, the more I was scared and Mm. not feeling able to do it. The more I was doing it as a service for the universe, the more I was making myself a vessel for it. Mm. And just like, wow, just use me to bring your, your healing and your grace through me, you know? And the more I would do that, the more it would become empowering wow. and the more I could just step into it. It's so you know? bloody inspiring. <laughs> yeah. It's so inspiring. Yeah. So that was the process when I said to give back gratitude. It was like, I would do that as a service for you, mother, because I know I can bring healing through my voice. Mm. Yeah. That's and who am I to step in the way of that? Yeah. yeah. I will suffer if I don't yeah. embrace it. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And, you know, with, with, the, with the COVID and not it just seeing so many people suffer, being trapped in their own place, for me, it was just, wow, I have to. I have to because music can reach out to exactly. many. And if, if I can help someone that's on the other side of the world somehow through my song, who knows? You know, I, I don't know. But who am I to step in the way of that? May these prayers go to them wherever they are. That's amazing. And how many artists say that music isn't about that like all, all traditional artists or musicians write music about their their emotion their experience so it's quite unique in that sense I, I'm, I'm sure there is a lot of musicians that challenge as well and like even when you challenge about emotions and of stuff it, it's, everyone relates to it and yeah. it's something bigger than you there is something that can be so touching about hearing about the emotion of someone and, mm. and some of these songs that i'm writing are definitely about my experience mm. my experience of how i go beyond my fears and mm. how i call for help and how 
you know, so, mm, mm, mm. yeah. Yeah, well, it is that personal touch that connects. But I think it's, I love how what you're saying about, because I feel the same and it's happened a handful of times where I've, I've taken a risk in something that I felt was truly not for me. It was for, uh, let me be a vessel for what wants to happen through me, this, in, this instrument that needs to create. And that's a beautiful, I think it's, I suppose that's just a beautiful, powerful thing. And that's how you fall into your purpose, isn't it? When you really, or your dharma or how you describe it. I think that's something that ideally, I think if everyone was living in that, the world would just go and it will fall into <laughs> harmony, I think. But maybe it wouldn't. Maybe that's just silly because maybe there's always darkness and light. And I think there is actually. But point is, I think it'd be, it's a beautiful pursuit to have in this precious life is oh, yeah. to find what feels truly your purpose, like what your unique capabilities are what, mm. and, and, and I suppose falling into, into that. I think it's, it's, it's just wonderful. It's great hearing the specifics of that and mm. how you, and, and I suppose it, it was a prayer. It started with prayer or like asking for it, right? Is that if it, for people listening, like, the step by step of 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 achieving that was the beginning with the asking. Is that right? And then um, being willing to uh, open to it. Yeah, I think it's you know, um, it's a lot about emptying yourself. You know, it's a lot about cultivating that emptiness. You know, within yourself and just. Like, you know, as you're saying, like if all human beings made um, um, their purpose about bringing something beautiful through them, not just for them, but for the world at, last, at, at large, the world would be so different, you know. And um, mm. yeah, I think... I think definitely you have to be clear with yourself, you know, you have to be clear about what you want this life to be about, you know, um, and um, mm. yeah. I mean, that does help. It does, I think the key part is like clearing yourself, getting out of your own way. Yeah. Clearing, if we are a channel, get all the little dysfunctional blocks that are blocking so much consciousness to flow yeah. through us yeah and that that makes total sense yeah yeah and i would you know i would definitely seek you know genuine teachers and you know mm. because human beings are so you know we get so easily tempted and taken you know in different directions and mm. and and we need we need we need these ancient teachings and ways mm. to really gather ourselves back, you know, mm. to have something to come back to and assess ourselves, you know, and 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 reflect back on ourselves and our actions and our thoughts. Mm. And, mm. you know, we need to take self-accountability for what we're creating because we are the creators of our lives, you know, mm. and... And I think that's about that. It's about taking self-accountability and responsibility mm. Mm. for everything that emanates from you, you know, mm. Mm. because, yeah, you create. Mm. You know, we're creators. Mm. Mm. It's, it's very, very powerful when you tune into it. 
I really, I feel really inspired by what you're saying because it, I feel it's, um, yeah, oh, it just feels relevant for me too. Mm. Yeah, just that uh, getting out your own way, allowing yourself to be a channel. And, it, and that is really, a, it's a very intimate, uh, I'm fascinated quite a lot at the moment, this um, two things, our relationship with our teachers and how much like in older traditions that was very devotional and mm. and completely in I'll do whatever you say kind of like to abolish the ego um, and how that's less relevant now. I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on that. And the other thing is like your personal intimate practice with the divine and 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 it's often not talked about like Yogananda talked about it in autobiography of a yogi and it was very for the first time almost a yogi or an enlightened person sharing so and he asked for permission to share those um those precious interactions with the divine and i find that um i'm oh, that book is just so mm. gorgeous like <laughs> it's just pure it makes you weep with how beautiful it is mm. and um the state of consciousness he was in and how he how precious he saw his relationship to god as and yeah, I'm just so yeah. I think there are two areas. Like I'm kind of interested to know your personal experiences of teachers, um, and also yeah, your personal relationship with God. If you oh. want, if you want to call it Allah or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um. Or the absolute, the unboundedness. Yeah, I think. Um. I think you know the word the word that comes is reverence. Mm. It's having reverence for something bigger than yourself. Mm. You know, and whether that's an embodied teacher, whether that's someone that's passed, mm. whether it is this earth. <laughs> you know, whether whatever that is is the reverence mm. for life, you mm. know, for the preciousness of this of this life, you know, and, and and I think there's so many different ways to cultivate that. And um, it's when we lose that reverence, you know, that things go pear shape and we go into our ego, you know, that 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 idea that we're separate from one another, you know, and and so cultivating reverence. Beautiful. You know, I, yeah. Um, and that has so many different ways, you know, and that's mm. also a, a personal journey on which path you're going to take to to do that. But um, making yourself a vessel, mm. you know. Mm. It's so true, isn't it? Because when you have reverence everywhere you look, you're, you're immensely grateful. That's yeah. one thing that flows from it. Yeah. And also, you know, like not taking this life for granted. <clears throat> you know, I think we live every day as as if we were going to be always here. <laughs> and that's, that's for me a beautiful teaching from the Buddhist tradition is that, you know, to, being, to remind yourself that mm. you are transient, mm. that today could be your last day. Mm. So if it is your last day, how will you live it? Mm. You know, you're going to love more the people around you. Mm. You're going to be more um, tolerant, mm. more kind. Because mm. if that's the last last time your partner leaves his socks on the floor, 
you know, oh, you're going to love it, <laughs> you know. So I think it's also cultivating that, that reverence for life mm. and that awareness of our transiency. Is there a specific practice that you do to, to, to instill that each day or it's journaling or a chant or? It's a lot of prayers, a lot of, prayers. of, um, of, yeah, bringing these certain points, you know, and, and really diving deep into them daily to really cultivate that awareness. We're such forgetful creatures, you know. <laughs> it's like we yeah, yeah, we just take it for granted so fast again and yeah. it's just we need daily reminders, you know. There's definitely, you know, definitely readings, definitely but um yeah, in in my own journey there's definitely certain things that I there's prayers for mm. sure, but there's also like mindfulness practices mm. where I bring back to these points, wow. Sit with this. How does it feel? You know, mm. wow, that mm. you might die today. You know what I mean? Like mm. just bringing this, mm. how powerful it is, you know, to sit with that mm. and drive your car and say, wow, could be the last time I drive my car. Mm. You know, mm. it just brings you more present to the mm. moment. So powerful. And also, I suppose, boundaries and your environment will play into that, you know, like what, how, you, how, how are you, like what, what you hang on the wall or um, what you look at, focus on in the yeah. house, like, or if you're in the city, yeah, it's very hard. It's like those, those things cultivate destructive and energies. And so, of course, those things that you probably take, normalize them all now, but you're obviously, your house is incredibly zen <laughs> and, and, and synced up with nature beautifully with, it, with its immaculate view of the river here. It's, yeah. all those things would definitely play into yeah for sure you know I think for me and, and my beloved it's just been we need to our home is our temple you know and and um, our outer life is a reflection of our inner life and our inner life is a reflection of our outer life and there's mm. no boundaries into that and and that's yeah that's um, that's a commitment and that's a choice and mm. Definitely living close to nature for us was a necessity mm. to not have, you know, the distraction of the city and the noises and, mm. yeah. How has your, um, let's say, personality changed over the years in terms of, you know, with the spiritual path, you often um, calm down a lot. <laughs> I find I, I calm down a lot. Um how, how, how have you found, like, your personality change over the last 20 years, let's say? As in... Uh, like, yeah. were you, like, as a teenager, were you erratic and enthusiastic and, and buzzing on everything? And then, like, you... Because you're very calm and present and glowing and vibrant. Uh-huh. And, and, and that, 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 those kind of traits take... Um, well, can, I mean, can, not for everyone. It's always variant, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, Look, I I can be wild. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have that part in me. Mm. Um, but I think that deep presence has always been here. Mm. And it's grown and it's growing, mm. you know. Mm. The more I connect daily with it, it grows. Mm. But I can also have a lot of fun and <laughs> yeah. be wild, you know. And yeah. I... Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like having fun and being silly as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think we shouldn't be serious, you know. So, you know, uh, I really think we're here for, for joy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I really think so. Yeah. Yeah, laughter does. That's why I love working in comedy or producing it, at least. It, it evokes, it creates, it shifts the state of consciousness. So it shifts the individual state of consciousness to soften, their walls come down. Yeah. I often hear like, well, I've heard recently a story of a friend that watched a video that I made um, with some comedians and they, he said he was in an argument with his wife at the airport and then they watched this video and made them laugh and then straight after it, he apologised to her for what they had just gone through. And yeah. um, so, and that was a clear reason because when I was saying that's why I do it and why I love doing it, he, he gave that example straight after. It's like, yeah, that's what, that's what it does. It makes, mm. um, it softens you. It softens your state of your, your your being and then you're more likely to be permeable and um and your heart because joy does that doesn't it, it lightens and yeah it's just an incredible medicine. it's so fun yeah. <laughs> it's incredible medicine yeah yeah, yeah. and i think you know i think for me you know it's um finding that balance of you know i think a deeply committed path but also cultivating the joy mm. and the lightness within that you mm. know mm. it's Finding the balance between the two, mm, mm, yeah. Mm. It's very because you know, with with being committed to to yourself, to 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 becoming something bigger than yourself, really, it it asks for commitments and it it it, it also asks for um, sometimes surrendering some preferences, <laughs> you yeah. know. And that's that's yeah, that's something that. Um, you have to be willing to do. Mm. Can you, when you talked about the relationships before and how Byron <laughs> makes people break up, <laughs> can, can you can you talk about your experiences or or your perspective on relationships and um, what makes a relationship um, zing? And obviously, communication and such is obviously a big part of these things. But I suppose more on a deeper level, like what makes two souls. Because it's something that's so spontaneous and so out of your control when you fall in love. Like it's, it's this thing that almost happens to you both and it's this synchronicity and stuff. And it, it's quite a beautiful, special thing. But then, but then as the relationship goes over years, it, yeah. it needs time to mature and go, go for a new, yeah. goes through big lulls and then you find out how to come through them. And yeah. like, uh, yeah, I suppose I'm just fascinated with like your, direct experience but also like what you see around you in terms of relationships and what makes a great one I guess um so I think I can only talk about my own Mm. experience Mm. um I think what's needed for a relation to to really work is to cultivate freedom Mm. for one another Mm. um I think is to support within each other that finding of freedom. And sometimes that's very challenging, can bring a lot of insecurity, insecurities on both sides. Mm. And that's something that has to be communicated Mm. and welcomed with compassion, Mm. but without stopping your own freedom. And I think that's what happens, you know, a lot. And we see and I hear also friends talking about that is... Um, 
the feeling that we lack freedom once we, we feel binded and we feel, you know, when it's the normal process is to get married and have children and and to get deeper and deeper into this, you know, binding each other in many ways. I think I think we need to cultivate freedom. We need to cultivate space um, and then find each other, you know, and and have those moments of communion and coming together in depth, but knowing that we are two separate entities and we are for a moment in time together. We don't know. We don't know what's tomorrow made of. And that's also embracing, you know, the impermanence. Mm. You know, and for now, you are the perfect person on my journey. And I love you so much for it. But we don't know what's tomorrow made of, you know. Mm. And and I have, you know, I have finished the relationship with the father of my children a few years back. And that was the biggest, the biggest journey of my life, really. It was very, very scary, very... Um, profound grief the most profound grief yet the knowing that that was the right thing you mm. know and that's um and that that gave me also a lot of power and opened many doors you know on, on, on my path but we unless the other person is willing to grow we are changing creatures we need we need to grow we're evolving you know like a woman that, uh, that has children is changed by that becoming a mother and what she was seeking you know in her early days and as a mother a few years later is going to be completely different i mean her, her needs sexually are going to be different and same for a man mm. You know, is what you are seeking and what is seeking. I'm talking about becoming a father here, but mm. it has different, you know, we become mothers and father without having children as well. You mm. know, there is, there is that, you know, there mm. is stages in life where we become mothers, where we become mm. father, you know, mm. there is that, that, that energy. But so when you're in a relationship in the middle of that, you need to readjust, you know, mm. things need to readjust the way we were dealing with each other, the way we were, it needs to evolve. So we're, a relationship is constantly evolving. Mm. And, and I think that's when we're attached in, in old ways that it, it, it can't, it can't be, you know, mm. unless you're wanting to stay there, you know, mm. and that's, going to be a bit dull you know and mm. and <laughs> yeah you know nothing nothing wrong about it if that's what you choose but you know we see a lot of of couples that you know are very unhappy and mm. and i think we have to be willing to stretch ourselves further and and that's definitely my learning you know and that's yeah relationships are big work you know they're really mm. big work mm. and um but there are an amazing place to grow, an amazing mural mm -hmm. for yourself. Mm. Um, They're yeah. very confronting, aren't they? Yeah, like they they bring up everything. And, yeah, they um, push the right button. Push the right buttons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah, which is yeah, the biggest teacher in that sense, I suppose. So like you, it's a blessing really to have a relationship so you can have those experiences of um, confronting parts of yourself that you 
that you can probably go through life. I know it's comfortable in some ways, like when you're single because you're not affecting someone else. Yeah. Um, like, you know, yeah. all your unfortunate characteristics aren't being thrown back in your face. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it is a blessing. We're lucky to have them. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting knowing and there's cycles and phases in them as well, and that's interesting to understand. I think people are forever fascinated by them because they want, want that experience of love. Yeah. But they also know it can become, yeah, a trap or you feel bound yeah, by Yeah, and I think, you know, again, that's the place where cultivating your own practice is a very important thing because, you know, there's so much tendencies in relationship to to think that the other one will be our savior, you know, mm. will, be, will, be, will be that person that will make us feel better. But really and truly, we should come in a relationship um, f- full, both mm. full and from that place we share, you know, or mm. both at least um, self-aware and self-responsible, um, you know, mm. and... and but it's it's not easy. Mm. Like it's not an easy easy thing. But it's it's a life work if that's the path you're choosing, the path of relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Uh, thanks for that experience. I think it's yeah. I can I can sympathise with the grief aspect of a breakup as well. Probably not to the degree yours was because um, cause my relationship was shorter when I broke up. We broke up. Um, so, but yeah, it's a, it's different for everyone. But it's we it, it can it, it is a it's a powerful thing to just accept those grief grieving moments and not cover it up as well. Because mm-hmm. I think we hate feeling. I mean, I hate feeling shit, <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's one of those ones that I think we our our cultures rife with distractive distracting opportunities mm-hmm. to not resolve and heal. Mm-hmm. And I think. Um, that's why I think I really admire the work of yours so much is because you're to be able to truly heal others means that you've healed a great deal of yourself, you know, to, to be able to be a vessel to heal, you know, because mm-hmm. because it, it, if you start trying to heal someone and you've got, you, like, you're spitting out unhealed parts of yourself onto them, it can yeah. be pretty messy, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, you can really only, you know, hold space and help someone else, you know, go to these places if you've been to these places yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. And but ultimately, you know, I, I'm not healing you. You know what I mean? You're, I'm opening that door for you to go within that place mm-hmm. where you can, you know, heal mm-hmm. and or let go or bring love, right. embrace, you know, but I'm, you know, I, yeah, I'm just that that person that will, you know, facilitate like a midwife, you know, I'm, yeah. you know, for you to find that that place, that inner place where you can find yourself and be your own medicine. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard it described like that before. Because it, it, so you're. Because it feels like it feels like you're doing the healing. Like it feels like it's your voice, it's your hands, it's your like the way your energy, and but you're you're saying that you you're you're just basically moving the body and uh, I suppose holding space or mani- manipulating the body by moving it and everything to to soften and heal itself, do its own work. Is that kind of 
I, I love the way you're describing that. Well, I think, you know, it's again coming to that place of being a vessel, you know, and, and that I'm letting the energy move through me and there's something bigger than myself that's happening. And I'm not, you know, I'm not there doing something to you, but I'm letting this moving through me to go in the place it needs to go. Mm, mm, mm. That makes sense. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there any areas that, um, like when you talk of deepness, um, what, what aspects of your own life are you, are you, are you like, because I think we're all thirsty for deeper experiences um, and but then also we're thirsty for shallow experiences as well. It's like it's, it's the same thing. It's the seriousness and the union <laughs> with totality, but it's also the light, lightness of enjoying this experience. Yes. And it's like you said before, the balance between the two. Um, and they're equally important really, aren't they? Like, cause they're just, they're, they're all part of the picture yeah. of existence yeah. for us. Um, it's, it's, it, you can also deeply enjoy the lightness of the experience. Yeah, yeah, you know? right. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm just trying to pull together the mechanics of existence with you. Because the Vedic worldview is like got the, the middle layer, then the, um, sorry, the deepest layer, then the middle layer, then the outer layer, the Karmakand, and I think mm. it's the Pastakand and the Gangakand. Mm. And I like that structure of um, understanding the nature of, your experiences yeah. because it's um because it seems true you know like but I, I yeah i like also being able to i think you can tell when people are capable of going like going between the deep and the mm-hmm. light quickly because they've, they've they're explored their psychonauts they've explored all the areas of consciousness um or, which is a continuum as well like you're always expanding into deeper or lighter and more all over the place you know mm. so it's it's a continuum but it's, it's the shamans work you know riding the horses between the worlds yeah <laughs> yeah that's what it is hey yeah yeah that's that I, I, those kind of guided experiences would be incredibly powerful to be able to ride people in those like I, when I see those like plant medicine ayahuasca journeys that people do and the shamans and how many they've done and continue to ride in between the ride. I don't know how they keep their feet on the ground because it's like, it's, in, it's insane. Mm. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, that's beautiful. Is there anything other areas you want to express or talk about that I haven't, we haven't covered? No, I mm-hmm. mean, unless you have, you know, anything else that you want to, to ask me, I think, uh, mm. yeah. No. I'm sure there's lots more. Oh, we, could we could go for, for ages. Hours, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. like to keep them to to not go past too past the hour mark. Yeah. I try to because I feel yeah. like I could always talk for it. Yeah. We could talk for ages, but yeah. it's been amazing. Thank you so much uh, for sharing everything you've expressed so vulnerably, beautifully, boldly, and mm. and peacefully. It's a it's a strong presence that I've appreciated deeply, <laughs> and I'm sure, I know that people will be loving hearing as well. Oh, it's, thank it's, it's you. Potent. Thank you, Jeremy. It's been yeah, just a. Thank you for trusting these and for seeing me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, thank you. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>